Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, And then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away, no minimum listenership, start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Welcome to the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard. I'm here with my co-host Jameson Maxwell, and we are champions. Not the podcast, but the Sooners are champs. Jameson, how about that redemption game? What do you have to say? Oh, it's great. It's what we all wanted. Uh, while we were timid about it not being in the Cotton Bowl, it was really nice and definitely handy in the eyes of the committee to our to avenge our loss. Um, I didn't really look at it in this way, but whenever they said it, you, we won every single game against every single team on our schedule. I mean, that looks really good as they're on a resume. Yeah, because you can say that you know, hey, this we—I mean, the only loss we had was a three-point loss to, you know, I mean, I mean, a team we later beat and beat pretty handily. I thought um, there were definitely issues, especially early on, uh, the two field goals. Um, definitely had you a little bit worried, but, um, instead of touchdowns, but this was a game I thought, oh, you won handily and probably could have won by more. If Marquise catches a couple of those drops or if Kyler doesn't overthrow him by a couple yards, if CD doesn't get too cute, uh, we, we completely run away with this. Um, the way our defense played was actually really pleasing i mean it wasn't stellar don't get me wrong it wasn't like we still had our lapses but i was very pleased with with the way we played yeah and i think defensively they've i think you have to have a new understanding of what this defense does it's a bend but don't sometimes don't break at defense where you're seeing a lot you're still seeing like a lot of the blown coverages that you saw um basically all season long but you're not I don't know. I, I feel like they're getting more. They're they're having bigger plays, getting actual stops here and there. These um, I don't I, I don't know. It, this this new this new defense that uh, Ruffin ran this uh, past Saturday was pretty nice with um, kind of the three safety look with Norwood back there. But um, yeah, and Buki. Yeah, the the Buki Norwood and um, Buki. missing one of them. Buki did not play a single snap the whole game. Oh, wait, he didn't? No, Nor- Norwood went in and played at safety, and they had uh, Barnes and uh, Turner Yell out there. Oh, that's a... And they barely even played Turner Yell. They just played more Buki at this... We, it, it, I mean, uh, not they played more Norwood at this kind of safety corner hybrid. It wasn't. It was almost looked as if it was a nickel, but it was he was still a little bit farther back. 
um, it was something really new and interesting. And it was kind of just a we need to kind of have Parnell Motley, Norwood, and Trey Brown there all out at once because you can give them some criticism, but they've been doing really well the past couple weeks, and we had to reward them. I agree. I I, I thought Norwood's been pretty good. Trey Brown, I I liked I liked his performance enough to give him MVP this week, which oh, was in, retros- in retrospect might have been a little much, just considering how well Kyler played, but. You know that guy. That guy was a huge difference maker, and I think it says something about. I think it says something to me about Buki that um, I wasn't even not looking for him. Like I, I was, I was paying attention to the game, but I completely forgot he wasn't even in the game. I, I you just, he, he's been a player that just hasn't, has, has been invisible for the most part of the season, unless he's getting burnt or missing a tackle. Um, but I tell you, I, I like that. I like that move a lot. I think it's been. I think it worked really well. I thought our defense was pretty tenacious. I, I mean, there are a couple, a couple blown things, but Trey Brown, that safety, that was one of. I mean, that, that I think that's. I think that's a huge example of this team is really starting to kind of make big plays. We're starting to get penetration. We're starting to make good tackles. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm I, I'm I'm really I'm really encouraged with how this defense is trending the past two weeks. But yeah, yeah. I was very happy with our run defense. Uh, Watson for them barely did anything. Averaged like three yards a carry. Ellinger's run game at the beginning was very concerning. Whenever they got the first two touchdowns with him running the ball, I kind of had flashbacks to the old Texas game. I was like, are we really gonna let the QB run kill us again? Because when he got that second touchdown, we were down by eight points in the second quarter. And that was after getting two field goals of less than 30 yards. Uh, that that wasn't a good feeling. But after that, it seems we kind of cut, fixed everything and uh, continued on our way for actually a really good defensive game. Uh, we only gave up 13 points after um, Sam Ellinger had those two uh, touchdown runs. Yeah. Um, and that I think that, that was the thing about... Uh, I think early on, you had this idea that oh Texas just scored twice. We had two field goals, and not only that, but I, I think it was Ellinger's first touchdown where he scored. He scored from like the thirteen and just kind of went through untouched. And I just remember being pretty worried about it. But oh my um, god! And not only that, but I feel like one thing I was worried about was the offense early on was relying on on penalties so much that it didn't even feel like when they were getting down the field that they were even doing a lot. Um, and a lot of Texas fans have been complaining about, uh, been complaining about calls. Well, you know what? They've been, fa- the, the fouls were legit. I, I was going through and watching some of it today. And honestly, I, they, they got aggressive. Um, that, uh, number two, I think his name's Chris Boyd for, uh, yes. for Texas. He had those three fouls early with the, uh, with the two face masks on, uh, Hollywood and then a pass interference. They the uh, you could tell that the Texas safeties or safeties cornerbacks were playing really tight on our guys. Um, it definitely seemed to bother Hollywood Brown a couple times. A couple of those, um, couple of those drops. Like he had he had a guy glued on him, and I don't think one of them might have been pass interference. The other definitely wasn't. But you know they they really put the pressure on 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 Hollywood, and he made some pretty. Pretty costly drops. Um, rough game for the receivers in a weird way. Like, I, I don't really know. I think I think it's more of a just just from a drop standpoint. You don't really don't really see these two guys drop a lot between Lamb and Brown. 
Yeah, and we've kind of seen CD this year with his fumble. We've kind of seen a lot of things like that where he's done a lot of disappointing, like the double unsportsmanlike conducts. And I feel like he's fumbled one other time this season. But I feel like that's kind of his repertoire. But Marquise has been very reliable. You don't see him drop the ball much. That guy's got really good hands. So that was disappointing. And especially whenever we weren't being able to score any touchdowns in the beginning when we got those first two field goals. Uh, I, I realized that I don't know if you got the same impression from that game, but I felt like it was kind of a conservative offensive call up. I, I didn't really see too much crazy from Lincoln Riley. Uh, I, I mean, he, I, re- I feel like he really didn't need to, but Kyler didn't get any long runs. Uh, I feel like there wasn't that many designed Kyler runs. I think it was just kind of just your basic game. Yeah. And the only time you really saw some kind of tricky is they, they tried to do a uh, Trey Sermon you know, kind of like little little uh, rollout pass thing. They yeah. handed it off to him, and he just took it and run because it was a way better. I mean, he had an alley right in front of him, and, and I kind of like the I kind of like the beaten potatoes approach because I thought one of the things we got into with Texas the first time is we got down early, and um, I kind of had to get too crazy. So kept going for the long ball, but I liked the way we kind of chopped it down slowly. You look at um, that last drive before halftime, what uh, uh, Kyler just kind of methodically just working his way down the field quickly like that was that that is how you should be because we're good enough to move the ball down the field and we don't need to we don't need we don't need to blow it down on you know trying to trying to throw the long ball to hollywood we're 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 much better off just you know let's try to get five because we'll probably get six next yeah i definitely agree and that makes it kind of worrisome with hollywood and his ankle injury uh looking at that and from the reports uh, they said that they're hopeful he'll play, but what else are they going to say? Obviously, they're going to hope he's going to play. Uh, I think Reese Davis came out saying that um, he he misinterpreted it and thought that we said that he's going to play, but there's no for sure. Uh, but my take from it is there's nothing too serious if they let him go up on the podium with crutches. Uh, that means it was probably just some sprain and put him in a boot, and there's really nothing to it. Yeah, and not only that, I, I think – one of the biggest insights is um, uh, you you okay. What am I trying to say? CD Lamb and Holly and Hollywood Brown are the first two receivers in OU history to combine for two thousand yards. And you saw you saw Hollywood Brown reply to CD with something. He said, "We have more to go." So it sounds like he's going to want to play. Not only that, but he's going to be playing like fifteen minutes from uh, where he's from, Hollywood, Florida. So. He's going to try his damnedest to get in this game. I guarantee you we'll see Hollywood Brown. Well, I don't want to guarantee that. That sounds bad, so I'm going to knock on wood a little bit. We've got, we've got so much time, and if it's just a sprained ankle, he's going to be fine. I just uh, real, I just realized we didn't notice this. Oh, he's in the playoff. Oh. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been telling everyone. It's just like, oh, you, things happen with OU, and it's just kind of like, eh. I, I, we we're in the playoffs now. It's just all right. Let's do it. I, yeah, I don't know why. I just been very lackadaisical with the way I've been treating things. Yeah, it's hey, it's third and four, third and four years. It doesn't even seem like a huge deal anymore. But I guess I, for you, I was really nervous on at eleven a.m. on Sunday morning though, because that Georgia talk with Kirk Herbstreit really got in my head. I started thinking. I was like, what if they actually think about that? Yeah, and. You could tell that they actually kind of did a bit with how they put Georgia in over Ohio State, but man, I was nervous. Um, and, I was. Ne- Kirk's go- always on our side. 
and that was that was a weird part is Kirk is usually he's usually the balanced one of the group. Like he he always has good takes, he always seems to side with OU. And then out of nowhere he just has this just weird, wild like spree where he won't stop talking about how Georgia should be the one in. They should be I, the number three seed. He was starting to argue. Which is just, that's disgusting. You can't put a two-loss team in over an undefeated team. I think results have to matter, and it proved that it, it definitely did. Now, and, and that's, I, I think the committee definitely feels that, because if you look at last year, the only reason Ohio State didn't get in over Alabama was the fact that Ohio State had two losses, I think. Yeah, and I feel like as a committee, they might have actually thought that George, I mean, you could think that Georgia is a better team and show more competition in the playoffs, but no physical way they could actually do it to, to create another SEC rematch that was a back-to-back game. They've never had good, um, they they never had a good experience with doing bringing in rematches like that. They try to stay away with that ever since the Alabama LSU game, um, and not the same thing as you you for the politics of bringing in a two-loss team and leaving out two power conference teams, two power five teams one in the Big 12, one in the Big 10, and then you leave out the Pac-12 as well, that would enrage and make everyone try to change the whole format of the playoffs. Like, it isn't already bad enough. I I don't think the um, committee members wanted to deal with all of that. Um, It it just wasn't worth it to them. And even if they did slightly think that they should put in Georgia, I I don't think they'd want to deal with all the bad flack. Yeah, no, definitely not, because – they're going to have to report to those conferences because uh, really they, they just exist to report to the conferences. So I don't think they would want to do that of having only two of the five even get in. Yeah. That would just it would be a disaster. And honestly, weirdly enough, that probably would bring about reform quack or quacker quicker than anything. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like with Georgia being left out, they're not really as mad because they had their opportunity and they missed it. You, there's no excuse for a team who lost to a backup quarterback whenever you have the lead and you blew it. And Kirby Smart making a horrible call with the Justin Fields fake punt. Oh, God. What I, was I, that? I understand that it's unfair to say it's a horrible call because if it would have gotten the first down, everyone say he was an absolute genius. But that's how those plays go. Um, if you call a big-time trick play at the end – like that in that kind of field position, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. You're going to get called a bad play if it doesn't work, even though a 50-50 shot it does. It just, more than anything, it didn't look like a good design. Like, sometimes fake punts fail, but they you can see where they're going with it. I don't I have no idea what they're going with there. Alabama was in punt safe and ready. Justin Fields caught the ball and just didn't know what to do because there was nowhere to go. I understand this guy's a great athlete. If people don't know who Justin Fields is, the backup quarterback, uh, first of all, wouldn't it be fishy that you see the backup quarterback in there? And he's the number two overall player in last year's recruiting class behind Trevor Lawrence. So this kid could have started this year. There was talks of it, but Fromm's been playing good enough. Yeah, and I, I think I think there would be an argument there to put him in, honestly, in retrospect over Fromm. Like, I think Fromm's all right, but I think Fields has a higher ceiling. I think more than anything, I think they I, I they clearly didn't redshirt him, which if you're not going to play the guy, redshirt him. I think, but I agree. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of young guys that really are kind of anti redshirt. But with Fromm, I mean, you never know. It's there's nothing wrong with redshirting your sophomore year. Uh, 
and Fromm's going to be there again. Fromm was very, very efficient this year. I think, what was he, number three in QBR or something like that? Something like that. He was pretty good. And so, I mean, you got to be happy with that with Georgia. Georgia's going against Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Well, it's funny how Texas kind of slid in as a four-loss team to the Sugar Bowl. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, but, I kind of forgot about that, like that yeah. the second team goes to the Sugar Bowl because that automatic qualifier doesn't extend to years where the Sugar Bowl's the playoff, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Texas got really lucky with that. Uh, actually, I don't know. Did they get lucky? Because Georgia's going to be a tough game for them. But I feel like they kind of match. They kind of play the same kind of ball, uh, except for the running game with Georgia. That's where Georgia gets set aside. Uh, those running backs are going to really hurt Texas. Um, even though Texas played has a history of playing really well against running backs on defense, but I, I don't think Texas got even a close chance. No, I think te- I think Texas won't have a shot here at all against Georgia and. You know, I will I will give him this, though, um, kind of go going back a little bit to the OU Texas game that we just saw. I, I got so I, I got so kind of, I don't know, shocked there for a moment. I was like, oh, yeah, the, the playoff. Totally forgot about that, uh, that we let's let's kind of finish wrapping up this Texas game. Uh, not a big rushing game at all uh, for the Sooners. Only only 65 on the ground from Sermon and 28 from Kenny Brooks. But I got to say, it was nice to have Trey Sermon back out there. Uh, getting some major burn again. I thought I thought they came through at the right moments. I thought they got good yard or good runs, but not really the exciting ones we're used to seeing. Yeah, I kind of alluded to it last week when talking about this. I really wanted to see Trey Sermon come back and uh, get more snaps because whenever you play a powerful defense with a bunch of athletes on it, you need Trey Sermon who can break those arm tackles and go. Kennedy Brooks is going to be the change of pace or the the little worse defense guy because he'll hit the holes and has better vision in open field. But with Texas run defense, it's kind of hard to get into the open field. So Trey Sermon's a lot better option there. I feel like you'll kind of see the same thing with Alabama in the future. Uh, but yeah, I was really disappointed. We didn't see really any kind of big run from Kyler. We've been accustomed to see that for the past couple weeks now. Uh, I, I love seeing him hop into the end zone. It's just such a feel-good feel, feeling, you know. But uh, we didn't get that. But whenever Kyler Murray throws to 379 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, I, there's no arguing at all. Uh, Kyler Murray's had at least two turnovers in every single big game this year. And he came out and was efficient. Yeah, he almost had one, uh, got overturned due to the face mask. But yeah, no, the guy was as efficient as we've ever seen him. This is, I think this might've been the best game we've seen him play as a quarterback, three touchdowns that, I mean, some of, some of them that, that one was the absolute, just insanely great catch by Grant Calcaterra to end the game was just wild, but just such a dive and and for him to grab it with one hand, it's beautiful. It's all an all time classic play from this game. And, um, I mean, Kyler had, Kyler had as good of a game as you could really ask for him. He, uh, did he get to? Yeah, yeah, he got to over 400 yards, uh, all purpose, um, 379 through the air. Just, just an absolute great performance from Kyler Murray. Texas had nothing to even remotely stop him. Um, great game from him. Um, but. In, gen- in general, I think I think this was as as good of a com- – people want to hear the term. This was a complete win from OU. I really liked it. Um, you, you, even though it 
it felt close at times and was a little close in the fourth at times. Um, this was just this was just I think a great win against a pretty good Texas team. Um, you could definitely tell that there is some emotion going that was suppressed this week because uh, after all this Texas smack talk, you saw it with the offensive line just bullying Brecken Hager, made him delete his Twitter, and then I mean at the celebration, everyone throwing the Hordens down and. It was it was clearly some pin up. There's clearly some pin up uh, emotion, I think, from the Sooners. Absolutely, and it was just such a feel good moment uh, to see uh, Lincoln put the horns down too. Uh, that was that was a really really fun game. Uh, but I got to ask you. So the big argument now we've been leading up talking about the whole season. Uh, what's the difference between the Cotton Bowl and Jerry World? And if is this something we should move towards? Uh, no, to put it simply, I don't think it was anywhere close to what an OU Texas game should be or, you know, what that atmosphere is like at the Cotton Bowl. I enjoyed the whole tailgating atmosphere. That was fun. But it could have been just, it could have been a, it could have been a Chargers-Cowboys game. It could have been A&M Arkansas. And I don't think you would have seen much difference. I, I think the championship feel was really nice. I thought the stadium, as usual, was a good time. But in general, I... You you can't take the game. You can't take that atmosphere um, out of it. Uh, like you you can't replicate that for anywhere but Fair Park. It was it was fun and all. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think it just keep the championship in the champion in in AT and T Stadium, and we'll do our thing at Fair Park. Let's just let's just plan on having two of these every year. Why not? Um, but definitely yeah. not the regular one. Yeah, if Texas wants to do well they can end up playing us twice a year and play us in there but no way we're not going to play it in the cotton bowl um i'm very big traditionalist uh you don't change those things and i've been harping on it the whole year uh i understand that uh it's a lot nicer in the stadium you get your seat backs the bathrooms are actually competent and not flooding (laughs) you don't have to drive through people who drive there you don't have to go through like the obvious like poor areas of Texas and have to like park in these weird yards. Um, you don't have the dart and all that stuff afterwards. I understand there's a lot of conveniency factors that make it a lot easier for people um, that would like it more. But I mean, you could arrange, arrange it with Jerry to try to get it where you'd split it down the middle 50, 50. It decently kind of was, but it was, it looked about two to one odds, Texas to OU whenever I was in there. Yeah, so I, that's kind of what I got to. Um, it was definitely probably 40, 40, uh, 40 60 OU, te- OU to Texas. I agree. Yeah, um, but I mean, they, they could have tried. They could try to do it 50-50, but the whole Dallas Cowboys season tickets thing makes it really kind of complicated. I don't see this being a long-term thing, uh, nor do I want it to. Uh, I've been hearing sports radio talks where they've been arguing about it and there's and it looks like there's kind of decent uh back and forth on it um yeah yeah and i think i think a lot of the sentiment i got was the people who the people some people who wanted it to move there kind of got an idea of it and were like all right okay i i they it kind of opened up their eyes to this would not be a good move i think the people who actually went there could see that difference and recognized it but more than anything i thought it was just a fun atmosphere for a championship game 
but not for Texas. I think that's what I, because it wasn't a bad atmosphere by any means. It just, it, it, it just, it couldn't even rival what OU Texas brings because I don't think anyone, anything really can. Oh, and it didn't even feel close like it. Like, obviously, I was going into the stadium. I knew we were playing Texas. But you get this weird feeling in your stomach whenever you walk into the Cotton Bowl and you realize it's time and they bring out the Texas flag and, and then they bring out the Oklahoma flag right after. It's that You just get this feeling in your stomach like, oh, my gosh, this is the Texas game. I'm so excited. This one is just kind of like, this is weird. This is It didn't feel right. Well, yeah, and, like, there were, there were just – so many differences like the the boomer sooner chant never got fully up i felt like when texas yells you know uh oh you sucks at the end of their fight song that wasn't even really that loud i didn't but, hear it at all. I, I i i heard it just a little bit it was really it was like a whisper and just just in general it, it was bizarre um texas's band didn't even do the same routine just everything just was Everything was off. I wouldn't do it there again unless we're playing a championship game, which I'm always game for. I thought that this championship was significantly better than the TCU one last year. It was nice to actually have some energy. There's no doubt. (laughs) The TCU game last year was just one of those classic too soon rematches and didn't look right. Uh, Every single time OU plays Texas, it's going to be amazing energy, but you can't rival the first matchup of the season. Let me ask you this: Is there any other is there any other matchup that could sell out this the the cotton uh, the, not the cotton bowl the uh, uh, AT and T stadium? I don't know if there is. No, it's. I mean, you you saw those tweets today that showed uh, we're getting like one of the didn't we fill it up the most for any co- conference championship? Isn't that, yeah of all time? Yeah, the most the most filled up the conference championship because there's so much hype behind the game of. College football playoff, a rivalry, uh, big time bowl, avenging the loss, Texas beating us twice the first time ever, I guess. Uh, yeah. That's that's big time. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think so, especially in Texas. Uh, Texas is the biggest fan following in Texas, and uh, right up north, just very close is Oklahoma. I don't see any other matchup being as big as OU Texas and Jerry World. Uh, Baylor Tech be glad that it's their contract is done. Uh, this honestly was the perfect brew of m- making it the most, probably the best game ever for college football in that stadium. Uh, I don't see anything being better. Yeah, no, this is the best thing you can ask for other than a championship game or something else because we know A&M and Arkansas aren't going to be good anytime soon. So I'm pretty excited about that. But, uh, yeah, well, what do we have for Cruton Corner? We got some got some sauce from what I've seen. Uh, looks yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, so we talked about – We I don't think we did. I think we just missed the R.J. Henderson decommit last yeah. week. Did we? I, yeah, he, he decommitted right after we finished recording, I think. Yeah, so that's big. R.J. Henderson – decommitted from Oklahoma. He was part of our d- dynamic trio of wide receivers. Uh, he's another Texas kid along with Trajan Bridges and Theo Weiss. Uh, supposedly this is kind of coming for a while now. With his, he was subtweeting on Twitter. Things were kind of getting weird. And the rumor around town is he wouldn't be able to uh, qualify academically. Um, so that sucks. But 
I feel like we did talk about this. I feel like we did. But leading into it, um, I, I did allude – I remember now because I did allude to Demarion Houston, uh, a guy possibility to take that spot. Uh, and we hadn't heard much from it, and that was just kind of just a speculation thing of wide receivers. He, Demarion Houston, for people who don't know, he's the Millwood wide receiver, second best player in the state. He's ranked higher than Marcus Major, the running back OU commit that a lot of people think highly of. He's a Texas commit, and Demarion Houston just a couple days ago decommitted from Texas. He does not have an OU offer yet, but I'm sure we are very strongly considering it. Uh, we're also considering as the other wide receiver spot, Brandon Pierce. He's the College of the Canyons, Marquise Hollywood Brown, same Juco, uh, also really fast. So I think we're kind of weighing our option with those two, but I would not be surprised if we extend the offer to Houston. Uh, I think we have, we've been having trouble recently getting in our big time in-state commits, especially with Josh Proctor last year and Dax Hill. And I understand why that's defense. I think it's very important to get the really good guys in Oklahoma just kind of as a standard of this is what you do as a good Oklahoma commit. You come to OU to play. Yeah, I agree with that. You got to you gotta take care of uh, your own borders first. That, that sounded very Trumpian, but still, like, you got to take care of your recruits in Oklahoma. Yeah, and then other than that, uh, that's definitely been the biggest thing. Uh, more and more Jeremiah Criddle, uh, Crystal Ball is going towards OU. He posted um, uh, pictures of his visit that he took like a month or two ago on Twitter and then deleted it after like 10 minutes, so that was kind of weird. I really don't know what that meant, but I still feel very good with him in, in the future committing to OU. Just a couple minutes ago, uh, DJ Uligali, or however you say your name, the, his name, the number one quarterback in the 2020 class, just tweeted about a, um, some, I guess one of his friends just got offered by OU, Gary Bryant, a wide receiver in the 2020 class. So he said, I like this one family, sent the eyes and the horns down. So that was kind of cool. Oh, dang. I think he's yeah. kind of playing with us. A lot of um, crystal balls of him going towards Clemson. But still, we're going after him, and that's probably just another Florida kid pulling with us. But he goes to the same high school as Chris Steele, and Chris Steele is a big-time guy that we're going to be trying to get um, going forward. I don't know the next time we'll come on the Schooner Pod, but December 19th is a huge, huge day. It's early signing day for us, and we have uh, Marcus Stripling saying that he's going to announce then. I very... I feel very good that he's going to commit to OU and sign then. He uh, was recently visited by Lincoln Riley in an in-home visit. Um, and supposedly we got home visits with David Ukwogabu. <laughs> Our uh, guy. And Jaden Hazelwood left. I still don't feel like we're getting Jaden Hazelwood. If you all have listened to the past episodes, I'll sh- um, I, you guys know my thoughts on that. But all in all, pretty good. And if – this considered as recruiting, uh, we can talk a little OU defensive coordinator if I want to get your thoughts on that, Bobby. Yeah, um, I haven't really seen I haven't seen a ton on it. I mean, obviously everyone has a lot to say about Pete Golding, um, but I think I, I haven't really seen any other names. Do you have any? Have you have you seen anything pop up? So the two big names that I keep seeing over Golding is this huge one that everyone's talking about. Everyone's just saying we want Golding because he's a young guy from Alabama, co-defensive coordinator. But there's a report that came out today, not from like some legitimate website. I think it's called the Scoop, Football Scoop website. Not Sooner Scoop, it was a Football Scoop website. 
that said, first it reported that Pete Golding turned down an Ole Miss defense coordinator job. And then like an hour later, it came out saying that he turned down the OU job. Well, Whoa. I haven't seen that anywhere. It said that OU, since they fired Mike Stoops, was all over Golding. And Golding at this time is not willing to take the job. And then they started talking about why not stay behind Nick Saban, blah, blah, blah. It made me start to think if this has some kind of legitimacy, it could mean, A, he's not considering us at all and he likes his position in Alabama. But what I'm more kind of getting from it, if it does have some kind of truth in it, would be, B, he doesn't want to deal with it until after the bowl game and then make the decision then. There's going to be some conflict of interest with him being on Alabama and that being our game come here in a couple weeks. Uh, but we really need a defensive coordinator before this early signing period, and that really hurts if it's true. Uh, other names that we're, we've been looking at, uh, Grinch from Ohio State was a big name before the Urban Meyer news broke, and now we're starting to think if uh, he's willing to leave now that Urban Meyer is gone because he was an Urban Meyer hire guy. Uh, he's a... Uh, He's an Ohio guy. He's, I think he's Ohio native. So uh, there's rumors going around that Shiano, the defensive coordinator, might leave for Ohio State. So I wouldn't be surprised if Grinch moves up into that role. But yeah, with the Golding thing, I was really diving into it more today. I'm always trying to find more. I was on boards and reading comments, a bunch of bunch of gooners talking back and forth. Oh, I don't boy. know. That's always good. I have so much time to just, like, I swear, like, there'll be, like, threads of just, like, 50 different conversations, Gunners talking on each one. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they're working, but I guess I had plenty of time to read it today, so I don't – I mean, whatever. Uh, and uh, the, one of them said that he's been reading Alabama boards, and he saw that uh, Golding and their defensive back coach, Carl Scott, have a possible – that one of the guys on there thought that they were coming to OU. So Carl Scott's a Texas Tech guy. Um, and he's, this is first year in Alabama and you just saw Alabama's offensive coordinator get hired today as um, head coach of, was it Maryland? Um, yeah, something like so, that. I mean, the coaches are leaving before that bowl game. I mean, we just, we just got to see if there's any kind of legitimacy to this, um, golding news. I feel like we'll know in probably a couple days. But we're definitely ramping into full-on recruiting. We're sending out a bunch of new offers of 2021 and 2020 guys, doing our in-home visits, and I feel like this defensive coordinator news is going to come out. Well, yeah, no, and it's and it's officially, uh, I mean, it's officially in-home visit season for you know recruiting and stuff. And there were obviously, I mean, you saw with Lincoln on the plane while they made the uh, college football playoff announcement there in full gear. So having a defensive coordinator would be huge. Obviously it's an issue that the guy we want is, you know, on the team we're playing on, uh, on December 29th. So really helpful if they weren't in the playoffs, cause I feel like he'd have been more inclined to take this job earlier. Uh, but one thing that from those in-home visits before I forget, I want to say we have Lincoln going to all those visits into the defensive players' homes. Like, he's taking it upon himself saying, like, yeah, I, I, I'm i the face of the recruiting for y'all defensive. I'm not just an offensive guy. Um, I'm here. I'm your guy. You don't need a defense coordinator right now, uh, you know, uh, while all those other teams are bringing their defense coordinator in, we're bringing in our head coach. Because you kind of have to do that because 
And I, I think it's interesting that Ruffin's coming along like with Lincoln, which I, I think that should signal that Ruffin will be on the team in some, you know, form or fashion. Um, but also, like, it, it's it's smart on him to not just send Ruffin because, I mean, if, if, you, if you see a guy with an interim tag, how do you know if this is, especially a guy like Ruffin, who everyone pretty much knows won't be the defensive coordinator, how, how would you feel if, if you, you know, like, oh, this guy might just be, uh, you know, disposed of in a couple months. Oh, so yeah. I think it's, I think it's important for Lincoln to show like, hey, we're actually like putting in some effort here and we are going to, you know, flip this thing around. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that search. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously had a, had a bit of a wrench thrown in it recently with this Alabama thing, but I don't know. I'm excited. Um, my, my hunch was we really – I think it's true that we really want Golding, and we wanted him before this game, but I feel like he's not going to do it. Um, and I don't know what his status can be afterwards, but I'm scared by Erling's signing period. I don't think we're going to have a defensive coordinator hired. That's my hunch. Which, yeah, that's – you definitely don't want that. And I don't know. I, I think I think they're definitely going to try to do gold, or try to get Golding, and if they can't – do gold and if they can't get golding you know before which they obviously won't i think they might even take a risk and wait it out so we'll we'll see money to do it we're not paying lincoln riley that much in comparison to what big blue blood teams pay their head coach i mean we're we've kind of got him in a cheap deal even though he's gonna definitely gonna get a raise after this year we still got plenty of cash to throw around and throw out defense coordinators even though that's something we've never really done in the past and another thing like he, lincoln's not getting paid that much and we don't have an offensive coordinator i mean defensive coordinator we can throw an extra couple bucks that way yeah no you're right like this is this i mean i think lincoln probably will Probably have to pony up an extension, especially if we can make some noise in the playoff. But, you know, the, the fact that he's kind of multitasking is huge. So why not ball out for the coordinator? Which, honestly, I, th- I think I could see Golding doing it. Um, he's never had a defensive coordinator position, as far as I know. I know he was at, um, I know he was at uh, uh, UTSA for a while and then went to, this is, I believe, his first year at Alabama. But um, the yeah, guy... For sure. Yeah. But the guy, the guy is very. I mean, I'm I'm big on this guy. I think he's a rising star in this in this uh, in college football, and I don't know. I, I think I think I'm pretty big on that. So that yeah, is start bringing in more of Lincoln's guys. But yeah, yeah. Uh, not I really don't got anything else. Uh, Kelly Bryant to Mizzou today. That's to dispel any kind of chirp that he was going to come to OU. Uh, it doesn't really look like we're going too hard in the transfer thing right now. Uh, Mason finds next up to look at, but that's only just a common speculation. Oh, he's from Oklahoma, so we're going to go after him. Uh, I don't really see that being a big pull for us. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, well, I think that is just something that we'll kind of see as everything progresses, as you know, the bowl season moves on. I don't really know, um, but I think, and I think the fine news will grow louder, especially if Seth Luttrell. Uh, actually does go to Kansas State. Yeah, and I what I've from what I've heard from the K State thing, Latrell is probably a top two candidate, I think. I think that he's right up there. So that would also yeah be really big. Definitely, definitely. So last thing we need to talk about, obviously there's no games this week other than Army Navy. Um Heisman Trophy on Saturday. Uh Kyler Murray has moved into number one in terms of odds. 
uh, over Tua, probably for the first time this season, after Tua just had a, a simply atrocious, to put it to put it simply, just awful, awful performance against Georgia. Had to get pulled. So now it seems like Kyler is probably a shoe in for the Heisman. Is this uh, what? What do you think? Do you think Kyler is going to win the Heisman? And we have a bit of a curse. Are you a little little worried about Kyler winning it? This is going to be one of the closest Heisman voting that we've had in recent memory. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't care about the curse. Uh, I want him to win the Heisman because that's awesome. And I think that would make him more inclined to go towards future football endeavors. I mean, I'm not talking about him coming back to OU. I'm talking about him going to the NFL, and I'd really love to watch him on Sunday. But I, I don't know. I still think the stigma of back-to-back winners at the same position that's really going to kind of set two away. I'm still not ready, even though Kyler is the favorite in Vegas, to say that he is going to win. Uh, I still kind of think I still kind of have this feeling that two is going to win because uh, I feel like a lot of people are going to attribute Kyler's greatness to uh, Lincoln and his play calling because Baker he made Baker great and then Kyler was great right after that his first year in the program. Uh, yeah, but it really definitely hurts that uh, for sure with Tua's case, it was probably worst case scenario this weekend that one he got hurt and two. His backup quarterback came in, fixed all of his wrongs, and won the game at the end in clutch play. Yeah, I think I think we can both agree that I think we both can agree that Kyler should be the uh, definitely should be the Heisman. He's I, my Heisman easy. I, if we got, yeah, before this, I was probably 55 percent sure that he should win it if I had a vote. But after this weekend, it's set in stone. Uh, Heisman isn't kind of like an MVP, you know, in other sports. MVP is that they are the most valuable player for their team. Heisman's the best player in college football, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like Kyler was the MVP for sure before that, but the best player in college football was an argument. But after the Jalen Hurts performance and after the way he played versus Georgia and the injury the whole year, I just, you got to give it to Kyler. I agree with that. I think Kyler Murray is the most electric player on the field. I've talked about it a million times in the show. He's he he's on un, he's on un, just unbelievable. Uh, best player best player I've ever seen in college football. I think top to bottom in terms of speed, uh, accuracy with the throw. I mean the guy the guy is and he proves it week after week. Hasn't had a bad game. Sure he's had stretches of inconsistency with the turnovers, overthrowing guys here and there, but he's never had a thing like what we've seen with. Tua last Saturday. Um, as far as the curse goes, I agree. I think it's BS. Uh, if you're not if you're not fired up for a college football playoff game, what the hell are you doing? You know, like why why would why would Alabama be suddenly more motivated now because you know Tua lost the Heisman? What you should be at your max level of motivation. It's you know the free, this is what why you're playing the game. You play to get in the playoff. Why would that be an issue? Absolutely. Yeah, but I'm I'm still gonna be nervous right to the end. Come on Saturday, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really cool experience watching it. Um, and even if Kyler loses, I mean, I'm still excited to watch all of kind of like the little pre stuff that they do during the show because you know the Heisman announcer doesn't come to the very end of the one hour segment. Yeah, I had to watch Kyler's little video. I think that's gonna be cool. But all in all, one thing I've been thinking about that no one's really talked about. 
They say at the beginning of the year, the narrative was, oh, it's such a shame that we have Kyler doing all this whenever Tua is achieving greatness. But to be honest, now I'm starting to think the same thing about Haskins. Haskins had a hell of a season, like a really good season that in a lot of seasons in the past couple years could have won him a Heisman. But this dude is dealing with two of the best players of the past decade in one single year. That's just so unfortunate. If you look at Haskins' stats and the way and the amount of touchdowns he had and, and the amount of interceptions and yards, like this dude was slinging it this year. Yeah, uh, set a, I mean, I think he set a uh, passing yards record in the Big Ten, which probably isn't a huge deal, but still, like, wow, the guy, the guy's been off, just completely off the charts passing wise, and I think. I think also someone who kind of got screwed out of it was probably Gardner Minshew had a really, if it wasn't for that rough game against Washington, he'd probably get an invite. Um, but I, I think there you've, I think there are a lot of really good players that would have, that probably would have gotten an invite to New York if Tua and Kyler hadn't taken up the majority of the votes. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's a tough time to be a really good college football player, <laughs> I guess, because, uh, you, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get the invite to New, to New York unless you're Tua, um, Tua or Kyler, or I guess Haskins got, got a, enough to get invited too. but. I've been really enjoying to see all these OU Gooner fans who banked in on the 20 to one odds and 30 to one odds on Kyler Heisman. And I, I mean, that's good. This Oklahoma's going to have some good cash return. I'll tell you what, because there's a lot of people that bet in on this. Yeah, and I, I think one thing to be worried about is um, or the early votes. people Because you, you could vote before the championship rounds. I think there's, there's some number like 10% of the votes for the Heisman come in before the championships, which you've you got to think that most of those 10% are probably going to go with Tua. Well, you got to realize also that I understand that it's egregious that they did that, but I feel like those people that were voting then anyways are so close-minded that they're also going to just vote it <laughs> like that after the state, like the championships. I feel like their mind was already made. I don't think they're going to change their mind afterwards if they're already stupid enough to do it before. Yeah. Um, and even if some of them did, okay, say if it's 10%, uh, how many of them do you think would have changed after this weekend if they were stupid enough to vote in before? Because uh, yeah, because they clearly didn't, they clearly didn't care about performance enough to not vote. So yeah, it's it, they weren't going to change it. It's not going to make an impact. Those are just how the voters are. It was probably a lot of SEC homers. Uh, people are going to vote with their heart. Uh, yeah, I, I I understand what they did was wrong, but it, their mindset was already wrong to begin with. So there really is no fixing it. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, that's pretty much all I got for this week. Um, we will dive into OU Alabama, I promise you. I, I, uh, <laughs> we're gonna kind of hold off on that because there's still a lot to be decided, mainly with Tua's health. And honestly, I don't really want to put out put out that episode yet. Let's we'll do the preview a little closer to it to um to the to, to the Orange Bowl. Put out a little uh, little bowl preview projection thing coming out. Um, if you have in a post scrutin corner of early signing day, like you can't hold me back on that. Oh no, we cannot, we cannot, uh, can't, we can't hold you back on the, on the early signing day. We'll get that done too. We'll, 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 we'll just kind of play it by ear. It won't be the regular, um, weekly things that you've come to know, but you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll pop in when something important happens and, uh, you know, give, give you a little bowl preview. It'll be great. 
um just trust me on this one so uh yeah it's, <laughs> i don't know it's it's been a long season uh i don't know about you jameson i'm ready to kind of rest a little bit rest up for bama it's gonna be a tough one yeah it's it's so weird like we get we get the um kyler heisman on saturday but it's i'm not doing anything like actually this weekend i'm actually gonna be able to just sit down and watch and watch the heisman and I'm not going to any watch parties for an away game. I'm not going to a game day. It's like it's it's a definitely a change of pace. Yeah, and and I, especially because we had so many home games, I feel like it's it's weird. I don't know what I don't know what to do with my time now. I I don't I don't know. I, I it feels weird. I feel like we're we're I I need to pull up some games to pick, but there are next none week. there. Yeah, wait till we not uh, record a pod next week. That'll be weird. Ugh, Jesus, freaks me out. And like I don't I don't know. I. I don't. I don't know if there's enough OU basketball to even fill a pod. There definitely isn't. No, we cannot. <laughs> we'll we'll just do a we'll do a weekly podcast on uh, Brady Maddox's hairstyle. God, in his eyebrow today. <laughs> oh God, dude got busted up. Big OU win. Big OU basketball win, by the way. Go Sooners. That was awesome. Well, um, really complete team. I'm really happy with this this far. Exceeding expectations. Big win versus Notre Dame. Um, I'm excited to see us in Big 12 play. We're four wins away from, uh, I think we're, yeah, we're four wins away from uh, reaching our over-under of nine wins already. Yeah, I, yep, don't listen to what I said before. I've been pretty cold on my takes recently. That's this okay. I've been the best. My issue with my weekend spread. T- tell everyone the weekend spread results. Oh, yeah, how did we not even get to that? Yeah, we hadn't been following up with that, but, um... I don't even know if I've calculated the full results. I know Blake won by one game. I was I was I was uh I was one behind him. And then Jameson was just yeah. not doing pretty great. We hey, that's fine. That's fine because whenever the big dogs roll out for the college bowl pick 'em, you know who's going to be there. That is true. Speaking of which, if you've been listening to our picks all year long and you've been hit thinking, "Hey, why is Bobby not picking Kansas State? I think Kansas State's good." Or, "Hey, why are, why are they making these random picks based on uniforms? Hey, and how about Drake? Drake. Lock, that, lock, lock. What did I say? 42 and a half? What? That was, that was probably the easiest win of all time if you listen to us because they, they damn near pulled it off against Iowa State. We believed in the Bulldogs, but nobody did. So you guys have a tough challenge ahead of us because you know what? We saw them battle the Marist Foxes, the Red Foxes. We know it was tough. We knew we knew this Drake team was gritty. Oh man, but yeah, that's just a small little great. That was probably top five excerpt of the weekend spread. Yeah, no, we're I might I might have to go back and clip that out and you know put some Drake highlights to it because that was that was yeah. pretty great. But yeah, no, if you guys if you guys have been listening to us and been thinking, hey, I think I could do better than you. Come at come at come at us. We're doing a bit. We're doing a bull pick them. Send in the link in the uh, description. Password is Boomer. Winner gets a th- gets a thirty dollar Venmo transfer or whatever or Cash App. Um, so yeah, feel free feel free to battle us. Uh, I'll be in there. Jameson will be in there. Good old uh, good old Blake Crowley from the TCU podcast and the weekend weekend spread will be in there. So see if you can see if you can take down the uh, see if you can take down the Kings. Good luck. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for this ball season. It looks interesting. Um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like we have to wait a little longer for the good bowls to actually show up, but I'm excited. Yeah, and you know how that's always – that always like that. There's really not too much to be excited with. And yeah. the bowl game comes after us this year, which is another weird thing, but carry on. Yeah, no, it's, it is it is kind of weird because I feel like we're kind of now in the – like with, with this game being on the 29th, we're kind of in the middle of bowl season now instead of the end, but eh, I don't care. I'm pretty okay with it, but – yeah, so that is our podcast. We will see you at some time, I guess. I don't know when we decide to uh, record another one of these. but we do it like right after Christmas. Yeah, right after Christmas. That sounds about right. So we'll do uh, – yeah, we'll do we'll, – we'll see you all after Christmas. Maybe uh, – oh, we, yeah, we might do that bowl preview. So maybe maybe we yeah. actually might meet up in a week. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, we'll – yeah, it won't be too long. We'll see you all in a week. So thank you all for listening all season long. We have we are very excited to be going to the playoff. I know I am I am unfortunately taking the twenty one hour trip in the car. Oh uh, no, it is twenty four, my friend. It is not twenty one. Do not let it be told to you that it is twenty one. It is a full day. Mm, I was not counting the uh oh yeah, no, I I was <laughs> I um we're stopping in Dallas first, so we're we're I'm not stopping in Dallas. I'm we're meeting up in Dallas and then doing the starting the trek. I think we're stopping in we're stopping somewhere along the way, like Gulf Shores or something. Well, that's nice that you'll stop. Uh, yeah, yeah. Twenty four hours straight is something I'll never forget. I am still on the fence if I'm going. I haven't had a good experience in the Orange Bowl in the past, but. To be honest, it might just be smart of me to save up and see if a national championship even happens. But two versus Kyler, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I am so torn. I cannot tell you if I'm going or not. Yeah, I, I wasn't planning on doing it, on go, doing the Orange Bowl, because, you know, like you, I wanted to save up for the championship. And out of nowhere, my out of nowhere, my grandma, who I affectionately refer to as my grandmommy, uh, just randomly called me and was like, hey, do you want to go to the – uh, championship I, i'm going to book us tickets now i'm like what wait what okay it's out of nowhere she's just this little little four foot eight just just very very tiny tiny uh grandma and she's just yeah no we're, we're gonna wants, go to, wants to get to miami she she wanted to do miami and then she was like well i don't understand why these people are booking these uh between christmas and new year's that's just asinine <laughs> so uh, she wanted to do Miami, but now you know what she she was like, yeah, we'll we'll do uh, San Francisco and stop in Vegas on the way for some slots at the airport. So, yep. yeah, no, it'll be a good time. So instead, we're so I'm like, okay, I can I can save up for some Miami. Like, why not? So, gonna try to do this Miami trip. Should be a good time if we. Do, I I think I I'm I'm going into it completely prepared to see us lose or get blown out. I've seen us. I've had bad experiences there. I've seen us lose to USC, seen us lose to Florida, seen us lose to – I've seen the Thunder lose to the Heat th- uh, two times there in the NBA Finals. Miami, I, we, we discussed this. this is a horrible idea for you. Oh, no, it's an awful idea. But you know what? I'm going back to wet the beak, try to try to reverse the trend so I can – I don't know. I feel like if I can <laughs> – it's ironic. I feel like if I go into Miami and we get a win, then I'll feel comfortable going into Miami again. But also – what I don't know. I my logic is very flawed here. I'm just kind of excited for it though. I I don't know. It's a great experience. Yeah, I definitely suggest everyone to go on that car ride. 
<laughs> I, 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 I can just sense the sarcasm dripping from you there. It's, ugh. I'm, I'm not looking forward yeah. to it, but it'll be fun. So, all right. Well, that is the podcast. Jameson, anything you have to say? No. Uh, I'm excited we're going to be on next week. We'll talk a little bit of bowls, and uh, we'll try not to give away too much of our, our picks. I feel like it might be smart that we do it right after the first game so people don't steal our picks. Yeah, I'm dropping it like uh, – yeah, no, we're going to drop that We're gonna drop that podcast before because I know some of y'all listen to it. I don't want y'all, like, strategically maneuvering anything or – I don't know. I, I I do not I do not trust that. So right after the NCANT, exactly after after North Carolina ANT, um, we'll drop it. So look 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 out for that. It'll be a good time. Um, we'll we'll do a little. We'll every we'll do a rapid fire of every bowl. So that'll just that. Oh man, that'll be great. It's a, it's the Super Bowl of uh Super Bowl of weekend spread picks. I guess I don't know. I'm pumped. I'm ready. All right. Well, we will see you for the bull pick'em. Uh, you guys have a have a great um, week for y'all in school. Good luck on finals. I know I need it. Um, thank you all so much, and we will see you for the bull pick'em. Boomer sooner. All right. I'm gonna stop. Oh, we got it. We did it. We did it for about a little under an hour.